This is PBE Daily Early Mornings and Late Night Podcast. My name is Point Blank Yvonne. Thanks for taking the time to hang out with me today. I hadn't recorded an episode since the very beginning of the year, but you know, since I'm back onto the groove of work and everything, it was the perfect time to actually make a recording because everything that is what I consider necessary for me to be able to make things happen constructively is taking shape. And today being the first day of of work in the office, I, I took the liberty to actually enjoy every second of it. And I'm not going to lie. I'm still adjusting to the fact that I took too many naps when I was in holiday and now since I'm back into the office, the whole idea of an afternoon nap, I was nodding off for a few seconds but took a walk, shook it off, came back, got productive again. I'm grateful for that and to see the enthusiastic faces to come see what we're going to create in the next couple of months, I was really happy about that and even though it was one of those things I felt like it was long overdue, I was grateful for that. My cold has greatly moved away and if anything, they just the small residual feelings in the back like sometimes i feel like i feel like I'm, I'm clogged up but it gets to pass really really quickly and i'm grateful for that fact now when i was coming home this evening i enjoyed the walk and here's the crazy part two weeks of not walking up the same hill you've been walking up for a year it kind of shows when you have taking a lazy break from everything and my body actually was trying to give up on me but it felt good to break a sweat when i walked down the hill and making it to the crib and everything and being here when i got home one of those things that you know how how irritating it gets when you had a clothing rack and then the clothing rack falls apart and trying to figure out how you're going to hang your clothes thereafter and the first reaction you have is maybe i should just get rid of some of my clothes <laughs> my first solution was maybe replace these things by getting rid of some of them granted i'm going to replace the clothing rack but for now it's going to have to be a way to figure out maybe some of this stuff has to go away because I'm thinking about how many articles of clothing still fit because my body keeps on changing depending on how my diet has been. But neither here nor there. When I got home, I did my typical Monday routine from last year that I'm still carrying forward to this year because it kind of plays a part in how I, I, I conduct things and how I carry my days forward. And it was first things first so i finished the episode i was listening to in the morning from the bodega boys podcast because i love that podcast um, i do a lot more online listenership of content than anything else and on the holiday period i did actually watching of entertainment and a lot of these things have trying to in uh, intermingled into each other and are leading to the kind of content i'm creating right now and one of the things i was watching was a reaction to or a response to some of the things that have been happening in, in regards to the hip-hop culture which i love and hold very very dear and uh, one of the biggest stars in hip-hop music had an interview actually he's not even a big star in hip-hop music i would be remiss if i'd not admit the fact that he's the biggest star of music period the kind of numbers this guy has garnered are tremendous i mean I, I tried to make a reflection of what he looks like for the visual of this actual podcast but you, i think you kind of have a vague idea of exactly what i'm talking about and when when he was being interviewed there were a lot of things he was supposed to respond to and felt like it was curtailed to work to his advantage in regards to how he could respond to things that he felt needed addressing before he comes into the new year with new new material new music being super successful in the last couple of years i think it only made sense for him to do so and it made me think back to some of the things that when I started really falling in love with the kind of artistry that comes with hip-hop because I attempted being an artist at some point in my life and in that period when I was trying to be an artist there was this whole movement of the curiosity about the numbers and successes so as a default you, you actually looked at the guys who talked about how many numbers they got one of my biggest influences influences locally was a gentleman known as Buddha Blaze and he's a good friend and I consider him a big brother figure. I've had the privilege of working with this guy for years and he he was one of the first people I ever heard say the words 
the numbers will guarantee the successes you're going to gain. And after hearing him say it, he's the guy who introduced me to a lot of what hip-hop culture would create, like subculture such as um, deaf poetry, uh, deaf comedy jam. We used to have uh, dinner parties where we'd watch these shows sit down in silence and watch these shows it's one of those things that we still carry forward me and my best friend and our clique we normally do that that's how we spent our new year's weekend the first the first weekend of the year we just sat in a house had a lot of food a lot of booze and we just watched things that we enjoy a lot of comedy and a lot of great entertainment granted it's also my best friend's birthday but it it all fell in place and i remember seeing that and i thought back to the whole idea of numbers and if there was one person who was con- completely a number runner for us i think it was in my generation i'd say it's 50 cent because 50 cent would tell you how many records he sold how many pieces of merchandise he moved and these pieces of information would actually make us consider him more successful because we could actually see the quantification of that and this was in the very beginning of how consumption of music was about to change and consumption of entertainment was about to change and i think about how many tv shows and radio shows probably failed because when you look at the metrics that come out in regards to the content you could create and how many impactful moves that get thereafter it bore the whole heavy weight of okay so if i don't gain these numbers in a specific period of time whatever i create will not last longer or it will not continue being created yet i think about how many times in the past when i look at some pieces of music for example where in the initial days when they were created those songs didn't make an impact and then later after the music was found by a an unbiased ear they ended up becoming even more powerful in the impact they created um revisionist history is a podcast i've always mentioned in this on this platform of mine and it's uh by malcolm gladwell the journalist and he talked about the, the song hallelujah and how many renditions of hallelujah were created i've mentioned this in a, in a previous podcast and you can see that the train of thought s- tends to still continue coming and swirling back and forth with me and when you look at the numbers that it had as far as sales because those in those days it was actually hardcore sales how many hard copies do you actually move to make the greatest successes that you were hoping for and if you look at those numbers they didn't really create much impact for the character who initially wrote the song it took three four different renditions of the song for it to actually be successful and even the rendition that became super popular did not have its place in history until further into the future some of the songs that were completely overlooked in the past like soundtracks for films and everything it actually became the real birthplace of how hip-hop sampling was given power because that which was not considered the most authentic and most effective sound for pop culture to actually take place young people in the bronx of uh, what is considered uh, non-popular or non-gigantic uh, ethnicities like the, the minorities are the guys who actually made it big latinos and, and, and african-americans who grew up in the in the bronx started having parties in the park that actually ended up influencing other boroughs and these different boroughs ended up influencing entertainment and that entertainment ended up influencing the rest of the world the rest of the world us included got introduced into the culture and because of everything that we we're going through at specific times in the globe we'd actually get the impact required now think about it along the lines of if the artists who are coming out from the bronx had to go through the whole weight that comes with the digital platforms of not having the numbers that they're supposed to garner in the initial stages of their music being created would hip-hop last and that's one of the first questions i've always asked myself because some of my, the music i've thoroughly enjoyed for the longest time like there's a song uh 
by an artist known as Ndugus and a gentleman known as Ikori. And that song, when it was sent to me as an email, I got the chance to play it when, on, on a radio show I used to have way back when. And when that song played and me and my co-host played that song, it ended up becoming such an influential track because we loved, we liked the idea of the underground always embraces that which is not easily loved. And when it turned into this whole element of love, the numbers say otherwise, and then you find out that people can tinker with the numbers and purchase the kind of influence they have online, it ended up affecting the great artists and the great artistry that comes with it. In a world where talents that would potentially stand the test of time, not being given the opportunity to actually have even a, a moment or a, just a few seconds in the limelight, you see them being moved and tossed to the side and ending up not getting to be revered by their peers. It's one of those sad things that we, we accept the fact that this is how the game is played, but also we don't want to accept the fact that because they say this is how it's supposed to be, that we're going to just welcome that theory and step aside. I've always been born from the rebellious streak. I can't say that enough. Uh, the idea of being a wolf is that even if you're told to leave the pack, you can actually find your way and make your own pack when you leave. And 2019 is, was one a year that I, I discovered the whole idea of the wolf mentality. And in 2020, I'd like to create my pack. There are certain artists who I truly, truly believe in. And these few individuals, I would like to do everything that I can to even if it's just playing a part on the sidelines of being even an extra in a video that they're shooting i want to play those parts in order to properly ensure that if i'm ever questioned of my contribution to that which craft is there will be a body of work that actually proves it and then again maybe i'll be the voice who's supposed to give them the whole idea of the patience required to get the stats you require i remember when i started making save my comic books for example and when i made my first couple of comic books and when i made countless copies because the first copies I, I created i had i think the first book i did i made 500 copies and when i had those 500 copies which were completely sold out i made the second issue of the book and the second issue had i think approximately 100 copies sold so that's already 600 copies sold of a book then the third issue of a book that I actually wrote, which is not tied to this, the same title, but a separate title. A third book that I've been a part of, I believe the first time we released it, we made 50 copies. The second time we made 20. The third time we made another 20 and another 20 thereafter. So I'd say we're, going, we're looking at around 90 copies or 70 copies of that book. So now we're looking at what? 670 books sold. Then the, the ones that followed that, each had i think 20 of each then 20 of each again so that's another 40 copies correction 80 copies of that so 670 plus 80 copies we're looking at approximately 860 books sold give or take and that's not even counting the ones that were collaborative pieces so if I was to make a grandiose assumption of the books that I've actually created and sold, I've sold approximately a thousand books since I started making comic books in 2012. So some would say that is not a clear proof of that which is supposed to be created, but then it always arcs back to the fact that I get things take time. And the stubborn nature I have is because I feel when the actual structures that are required to make a career in, in the arts take place, it needs a few eggs to be broken and 
in my case, it, I'll, I'll, I'll try. Let me try use a militaristic analogy, and it's the painful. It's the it's the probably the worst one to say, especially now when uh, there's a potential war that may break out. Heaven forbid, knock on wood, a, a potential war that may happen between the United States and Iran. And when it comes to the people in positions of authority, everybody else is cannon fodder. You are a tool that is to be used and replenished by the masses and it's the saddest thing about being a citizen if you don't rise up and stand against that authority that actually stands before you and when I think about that and I, and I think about the whole industry because I always take such grandiose thinkings and then I start to whittle them down to simple things like say for example my whole idea of the comic book industry I felt when I walked in that many people would pay so much attention to making the first issue and not pay attention to the second issue, which I did make second issues. But then I stalled. Now, the only thing that made me stall is because I wanted to have this one statement tied to my name. And the statement was this. He released his books, which he wrote and published under his own company, and he did it on his own coin. Then when the question is asked, asked, where did the coin come from? He earned it from doing a nine to five working on his feature film in collaboration with another company. And on top of that, he'd take in small commissions from from time to time from other companies on the side, on, on the late nights and on the weekends in order for him to be able to continue funding that which would be required for the work to be done. Take, for example, the equipment I'm recording this podcast on. Uh, work had to be done for the coins to be earned and from that coins to be earned the job was created and no not no coin has been earned from the different things he's making yet because even from the comic books i've mentioned those 800 plus give or take no profits were made it was pumped immediately back to making the next book come to life i mean even the bank account for the company got, got closed and i have to reopen it again hopefully so that i can start moving more money into that account because one of the things i wanted to do this year is have any extra coin not only go into savings but also go into the company account so that when the time comes and i want to release books because there will be books released this year i want to have enough to actually even release even if it's 10 copies and it's just notoriety copies and then a few others follow and that kind of freedom that i seek i believe will only be gained when a respect for the work is put together but commercial work has to be done in order to actually fund the dream because it still remains a dream and when it comes to that i think i'm no different from a recording artist who would actually think along the same lines you probably had a nine to five that actually made it possible for you to be able to get recording in studio time and make music come to life and that was back in the initial days when you had to actually go to a studio and record your music but now things have changed to a certain extent that as long as you have the right amount of equipment in the comfort of your own home and a laptop you can literally record the music and just upload it online see where the influence comes from take yourself to the streets take yourself to the hood and perform in as many places as you possibly can because at the end of the day you still have to be present in what it's the industry is doing so you could learn how to fix that which is your path and as much as it would make it easier and make it even faster for you to blow up and be successful by having the numbers online i still firmly believe like if you have the influence online but the grassroots hasn't seen you perform effectively i mean they, they can see you perform yes but you haven't toughened yourself into knowing how to work different audiences how will you truly be successful i'm always grateful when i get the chance to host events in different parts of the country and i intend to actually do a kind of 
tour of different nightclubs. I don't know how I'm going to facilitate it, how I'm going to fund it, but it's a plan I actually have. Across the country, I would like to hit at least one club for every one of the 47 counties in this country of ours. I want to hit a nightclub. I don't care if it's peak night or if it's the smallest night that it has. I want to hit that nightclub. I want to rock that nightclub with whichever DJ is going to be present or whichever DJ is willing to have me piggyback off their out-of-town shows and I just be their hype man. I will fund my way there and I'll fund my way back. I have no problem with that. All I hope to do is better improve the craft and then the numbers will follow thereafter because I do intend to start releasing music again and I think I need to work on the effectiveness of how I execute before I start worrying about the kind of numbers I'm gaining because for the, for the kind of thing I do and the kind of impact I create I know it doesn't show based upon the numbers I have of different platforms online because I, I think I did at one point I had a buzz going and I was really curious about how I could improve my numbers and I think I actually com- uh, spoke about it on this podcast and the idea was I wanted to know how many people I have as far as the numbers created on different platforms of how much of a an audience I may have active and, and passive on different platforms and I looked at my Facebook numbers, my Twitter numbers, my Instagram numbers I looked at all the numbers I have on different platforms that are tied to me and, tie, and accounts that are tied to me as well and I came to approximately 12,000 people or 12,000 accounts that mess with me on different platforms now I don't get to be able to have 12,000 people show up at my gigs or 12,000 likes in my different posts but that these 12,000 voices exist and occasionally may hit a like button for my work I think it's just up to me now to perfect the tool which is their productivity and have those numbers take a life of their own and become the numbers required for the world to be a better place and that's the thing i was actually thinking about to what extent do i really care how big the likes are going to be in the initial stages of growing the product i use pbe daily early morning sunday night podcast as boot camp i use this as training wheels for whatever I'm supposed to do next. It's why if every episode you've heard of this podcast, aside from the tail episodes, episode one and episode two, I do one take and I just run with it. And I want to reach a level where I'm coherent enough and I'm able to pass my information quickly enough and I'm certain enough in that which I say that by the time the episodes are being released, no matter when or where I am, because I have equipment I can carry on the road as simple as just a, a, a small pouch in my pocket. And if I, wherever I go, because I intend to travel this year, and I'm putting that into the universe, I intend to travel this year. I even intend to do interviews. I'm trying to find out how I can get these new tools that I have to actually make inter- interviews happen. I would like to open yet another podcast and make those things come to life. Because unless I'm mistaken, um, one of my media contracts is up and I'm thinking I'm able to now navigate into other spaces and try out new things. But that's all in the wind and my main concern is not only to have a body of work to back but to also have the effectiveness that when the body of work is seen and new work is to be created, I have the capacity, tenacity and ability to execute perfectly. These are the things that keep me up at night great ideas being effectively executed and i spent the first evening of constructive day 2019 just texting anybody who i may have failed in the businesses i was trying to do with them and hopefully be able to just make their content come to life and just 
give them their tools so they can go forward because once they go forward I'll be able to actually make even more things come to life and that's the whole idea if I can't be able to effectively execute that then I'm of little use to these people but these are simply my thoughts on how numbers are supposed to be perceived and I think you probably have your own take on how they're supposed to be but we'll continue with that and please feel free to actually hit me up on every social platform based upon the episodes I create and let me know what you're thinking if you see that the direction I'm taking is a bit too passive or it's a bit too hard stance that doesn't make sense to the world but for now say it with me be caesar or be nothing at all thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode and as always uno <laughs>